Hi, I'm Jamie McRae, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 130 of Chasing Dreams. Uh, I believe it's 130. Yeah, it's 130. See, don't confuse me, guys. Today, I have a fun guest. She's as nervous as I'll get out, but she's here. It took a little bit to coax her. It took many <laughs> years and months for me to make this happen, and it's a dream come true for a few of us. I know Jamie Joshua is happy. I know I'm thrilled. Her parents are thrilled. Her her dad was a guest before she was a guest, which, you know, it's one of those things. But today, guys, I have one of my best friends, Jamie McRae, on the show for you today. Let's see. I, I don't normally have a bio for my best friends, so let me see if I can read this. Interdisciplinary ecologist Jamie McRae explores the intersections between ecology, human behavior, and the performing arts. While working on her PhD in ecology and conservation, she saw the need for interdisciplinary approaches when creating and implementing environmental policies. A dancer and choreographer as well, she realized the performing arts could bridge the gap between scientific facts and public consciousness. Jamie is a part of the interdisciplinary team assembled by Dance Exchange as part of its 2017-18 Land Lab residency at the Schuylkill Center. Dance Exchange is a nonprofit dance organization based in Tacoma Park, Maryland, known for innovative performance projects and creative practices that engage communities and partners across wide-ranging disciplines. Jamie is also an environmental social scientist for Delaware Sea Grant. So Jamie is on the show today. Hey, Jamie, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Amy. How are you? We're going to see if we can get through this interview without coughing. It may not be possible. You guys may hear some of that. Otherwise, the magic of our editors will, will be at work today. Jamie is actually in... Shay Amy. And I am quite excited. I don't do live interviews often. Uh, if you recall, Stephanie Glass was one of the last ones. Gina Matthew uh, did one. And now Jamie McCray. Welcome. Wonderful to be here. I'm stoked. Okay, guys. So the real question um, from McCray, the first one, she's all nervous over here. Why did it take so long for you to come on the show? <laughs> what? It was a legit question. Um, My listeners want to know. Actually, I want to know. but Right. I'm like, because your listeners don't know how long it took me to get here. <laughs> it took you as long as this show has been. I've asked you from the beginning. You have. And I've been very supportive in finding you other people, other guests to have on the show. Including your dad, Melvin McRae. Fantastic guest, you guys. Uh, was on the show. I'm trying to think of, of who else you brought on. Are you interviewing Lonnie? Oh, hopefully soon. Hopefully. So, hey, she might bring future guests. <laughs> but yeah, so I know why she didn't want to come on, guys. She was working on her PhD, which, all right, granted, it's not an easy thing to do. 
we'll all admit to this. It's not an easy thing to do. But the reason she's on is because she completed her PhD. (laughs) Yes, it is always nice to move past the defense of one's PhD. Yeah, well, you didn't do a PhD in a normal... Normal's a terrible way to say it, sorry. A common, typical topic that is talked about in circles. Is that fair to say? I mean, it depends on what circles you're in. Touché. I mean, definitely talked about quite frequently in my circles, Touché. but you know. Okay, so <laughs> valid point. Ecology and conservation, right? What was the, do you remember? Has it, have you kind of blocked this moment? Do you remember the topic or title of your dissertation? I actually never remember the title. The title is super long. Okay, can you give a summary of the subject? Sure. So (laughs) the PhD program was in wildlife ecology and conservation, and I was researching sea turtle conservation. So along the coast, there are lighting ordinances for the protection of sea turtles. So when they come out and hatch or when they come up to nest, the turtles will still be able to find the water if there are certain laws in place and if people are following them. So you want to have lights that are in particular wavelengths like reds or yellows so that the turtles will be able to cue back to the ocean and be good. So my research looked at what those laws said, how they were being implemented by the um, code enforcement agents along the along the coast, and just you know what, what was going on with the the turtle populations. So, what led you to that that area, that subject matter? Did you know off the bat, hey, I want to do this topic? I mean, because it doesn't seem like something that would me. And I knew you during college, so <laughs> so. It didn't seem to jump to me that this would be the topic you would have. So I actually came up with the research question during the summer after I started my PhD program. Oh, that was um, pretty early. Yeah. I was working for my advisor on a sea turtle tagging program. So you would go out from 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. That's a long time. It's a long time. I thought I was a night owl. <laughs> you learned something quick about yourself. Huh? Uh, yes. it. I learned that artificial light really helps one stay up <laughs> longer. And when it's just you and the stars, you are ready to go to sleep at like 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Oh, but going up and down the beaches in Florida looking for um, adult turtles that were coming up to nest. And... You know, you you spend a lot of time and you have a lot of time to think um, because turtles don't send you a schedule of when they are going to appear, unfortunately. I know. You you say what, but sometimes the questions we would get went from people that were on the beach were, hey, you know, when are the turtles coming up? Would they wait for the turtles? Some some people would. Um, You would see some folks, you know, trying to wait um, or just being out along the beach at night looking for them because it's a magical experience. If you can see a sea turtle coming up to nest and laying its eggs, it's remarkable. Or if you can catch the hatchlings, oh my gosh, you'll, it's something you'll never forget. Was it important for you to get a PhD? Yes, it was. 
I decided that I wanted to get a PhD in like the sixth grade. I decided I wanted to be a marine biologist, mostly because I'm allergic to half of everything um, animal wise, and there's not a lot of dander <laughs> in the ocean that that does anything to my allergies. Trigger your allergies, <laughs> exactly, or at least it doesn't. Um, and so. I knew that for me to be able to pick the research questions that I was going to work on, I would have to get a PhD. Otherwise, you don't have as much freedom to explore the questions that you want to ask. It's more put on you by someone else. So the PhD allows me to to answer questions that I have about environmental topics. Sixth grade? Sixth grade. So I gotta, that, that's a long time to hold on to a dream. Did you at any point think, uh, no. All the time. So, what, <laughs> but what stopped you from, because you didn't quit. No, no. I, I think um, stubbornness or tenacity or perseverance, however you want to to call it, is definitely one of my defining traits. Um, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Yeah. You and everybody who knows me for like more than 20 minutes. Um, but the the other thing that I wanted to, or the other thing that I wanted to do or kept contemplating was performing. So dancing and, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to quit this and I'm going to be a professional dancer. So that that was really always my sort of like alternative. So here's the thing. We're, we're, we're wrapping up black history month guys. I didn't, I failed to mention that we did. McCray is here in honor of black history month. We're wrapping it up. And I got to ask, you know, are there a lot of African-Americans in your field or even whether it's dance, whether it's, uh, you know, ecology and dance or vice versa, like is diversity present? I mean, there is some diversity. I can't say that it's a wildly <laughs> diverse field by by any means. And uh, so, yeah. is, is that why it's important? You think for people to kind of who are interested in it to stick with it? Um, I mean, I don't know that that was one of my considerations really and mm -hmm. and sticking with it it was just that's fair you know something that i i wanted to do so it was kind of like the push pull i really i really love being outdoors i love nature i'm interested in what are the linkages that are happening mm -hmm. what's going on there and so those are questions that i just I'm drawn to. And so I never really wanted to completely leave those, which is part of the reason why I didn't stop. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the dancing, that's also something, if I'm not dancing, I'm not happy. So that's, that <laughs> that's another, you know, that's something else that I just couldn't leave either. So there was definitely a lot of push pull. Dancers, you brought Chantal on. Yes. I knew there were multiple people. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chantal was episode 52. 
So relatively early. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad was there too. So, but speaking of dancers, yeah, you brought her on. And so you found a way, because I, I don't think I would ever thought of combining dance with marine biology. Like, how did you even come up with that? It's, it's a cross hybrid thing that isn't, I don't know if anybody would come up with that, but apparently there's more than just you out there who thought of it. <laughs> yes, there, there are definitely other people <laughs> that are combining ecology um, or the environment and, and the arts, but it's a, it's a, it's a small subsection <laughs> of the, of the population. I, I don't know. I guess during, it was really during my PhD, I, kind of realized that I didn't really want to give up either of the of the two mm-hmm. and I guess that and Google like looking for <laughs> you know looking around you know what's what's going on what are other people doing I'm interested in dance I'm interested in the environment you know just I guess part of being being the, the scientist in me is like, let's do some research. I can't be the first person with this idea, you know. Which you weren't, but I'm still blown away by that, that you weren't. So how come, and maybe I'm wrong, how come you didn't think of just keeping up with dance on the side? It is incredibly difficult to do both. Like, you know... You've heard the saying, you can't, you can't serve two masters. Yeah. That's what it feels like if you're trying to really hone your craft in, in dance or really hone your craft in, in research. Particularly for me, because unlike some of the other guests you've had on the show, I like to sleep. And so <laughs> I, I have, I guess, you know, a normal amount of hours in which to to do both the things. Some other people are, you know, they get like four or five hours of sleep and they're good. So they've got some extra time thrown in there. I really want like seven and a half. <laughs> which is the craziest thing, because your dad, I believe, is one of those people who doesn't sleep. He is. And I marvel at it all the time. I'm like, wow, what? What could things be like for me if I didn't need any sleep? But I try. I don't really think about that too much because it is what it is, and I I need rest. But if you weren't able to mix these two things, let's just go on a hypothetical, right? Would you have given up dance entirely, or would you have given up one or the other entirely? You think so? To go back to the beginning, um, stubborn, <laughs> tenacious. I no. I you would have found some way to. Right. And and I really think part of my personality has helped me develop the path that I have taken, which combines the two. So what you're saying is even if nobody else had done it, you would have found a way to make it work. I'm sure. But, you know, it's a there's nothing new under the sun there. <laughs> so yes, there is, guys there. No, it's all it really feels like it's all variation and iteration from something that that has come before. Right. Okay. But not necessarily in the same form. Right. So yes, there may have been similarities across fields, but it may be new in a given field. Does that make sense? Like, 
Come on. You can't see your face right, right now. <laughs> you can't see your face. But it's like, no. No, what are you talking about? Applying something in one field to another field makes it new. Yes. Okay. Yes, that that is that is true. Thank you. However, in terms of the science dance continuum, mm-hmm. I feel like what we're getting back to now is what happened before. So in the Renaissance, you had a lot of people, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci, quintessential example. He was an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. He was also a scientist. And it was less of a contradiction back in those times. There are all these polymaths. You're like, I'm really good or I'm really interested in multiple fields. I mean, because people in general are. You're a whole person. You've got multiple interests. They're not all siloed. So you all can't see my face. But right now I'm like, what? He was a scientist? Yes. (laughs) Don't act like that's common knowledge. Is that common knowledge? Does anybody else know that? Somebody tweet me if you knew that. I'm curious. Okay, somebody on the that listens to Chasing Dreams also there's a journal. It's called Leonardo. It does journal articles, research, science, and the arts. It's a thing. There are plenty of people that do. I I appreciate all those texts, tweets, and and other. Things that you were going to send no, to Amy. Don't side, don't side with McCray, guys. Don't side with her. I'm the one that's here every week, okay? She's just here for one episode. Right. So I'm like, you know, the special guest who you want to Why did I give love to. <laughs> Why did I ask you to be on this again? Well, so your journey wasn't short. Fair? It, my, my journey never is. So there were, were times in your PhD... We're not going to talk long about this because I feel she may have a flashback <laughs> and, and could be bad. But your journey on a PhD, right? So if somebody was interested in a PhD, just to keep it real for them, right? Mm-hmm. You had ups and you had downs. Fair to say? Yes, that is. That's definitely. That's the PhD experience. <laughs> Everybody kind of goes through that in some way, shape, or form, right? Yes. Did you have a typical length for your PhD? Oh, that's not a fair question to ask, honestly. Guys, that's that's actually a rude question to ask. Um, <laughs> let me rephrase that. Did I don't know how to rephrase it without being rude. Um, so what she's trying to say is, why did it take you so long to get out? Yes. Did it? I mean, I, w- I would say that it took me a little longer, my, <laughs> a little longer than average. So the average in my department... It was about six and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You took longer than that. Okay. So what I wanted to ask, and, and the reason is, during those years, how close were you to stopping and just getting your master's? Mm, I don't know. More than, at least once? I, do, I don't know that I could ever really say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was much gnashing of teeth and <laughs> wringing of hands and wearing of sackcloth, but I don't know that I was ever that close to saying, okay, I'm going to just leave now and get a master's. Because you really wanted it. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Okay, so this is the part that that makes me love being your friend on top, right? Because you you've been I've seen you on this journey, and I've seen you fight to get what you want to write the dissertation, to get the results, to interpret the results, to write the reports, right? And so that's not part of the dream, I imagine. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Although I will say there was there was some point in like high school where I was rather enamored with writing. Granted, it was creative writing, but I think that bug has has since it, it was a different type gone. of writing. Yeah, right. But you put in the work. Like I, I don't think anyone can say you didn't put in the work to get to where you were, what motivated you to get through it? Because there were difficult days. There were days where you were stressed and sackcloth and, you know, (laughs) in one place in New York, in Florida, you know, back and forth, calling us, calling your parents, you know, what got you through those tough days? Um, That's a good question. I would say. Yes. Good question. Prompt. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Praise from your best friends is rare, but always a blessing when you get it. I don't know that anybody gets through, or maybe there are some, but very few people get through a PhD without support. So whether that be support from friends, support from family, support, I mean spiritually like much praying <laughs> you know they all, all i feel like all of that went into me and keeping me during the journey did you have a stress relief outlet as you were going through this i mean so back to the dance <laughs> so i mean cuz you weren't it wasn't a part of your dissertation no, the so. dance the dance was not part of my dissertation. But you know, I was in the PhD for a while and you know the the years were ticking by and you know, so you think you can dance has an age cutoff and I was like, all right. Age cutoff is 30. This is clearly the last year that I'm going to be able to audition. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, there was a, a slowing down of me doing a lot of <laughs> dissertation research as I was in the dance studio a ton, like working out and just practicing, practicing. Yeah, just doing a, a lot of work towards that final audition, mm-hmm. which I mean, I still was doing some dissertation work. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it Ebbs was in flows. It 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 does, but I feel like that was part of the it's really difficult to do both at the same time unless they're they're unified, which is why it ebbs and flows. Right. Mm. So, it was one of those okay, how can I manage to do both things that I love? And how can I find a job where I will get credit for being in the dance studio? So I got to admit, you know, very proud. Knew you wanted to do this combined thing. I'm going to admit on record, I was surprised you found a job that lets you do both. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story, y'all. I have 
<laughs> the utmost support and faith in you. But I didn't know it existed. I thought it was a unicorn or that you would have to do it yourself. True story. I thought you'd have to do it yourself. Okay, so it's not like that was in the job description specifically, but... Oh, it wasn't? No, it definitely wasn't. However, (laughs) what I feel dance brings to the sciences is a new and a different way to communicate. So, you know, we have a seeming split in the country where... You know, one side throws up a a graph and, you know, it's that quintessential climate change graph that everybody in America has probably seen at this point. There's lots of arguments about whether it's true or who did humans cause this or, you know, is sea level really going to rise and, and all of that. But I feel like the performing arts are a way that you can have conversations about, hey, we've got this issue locally. What is our vision for the future? How can we express that? How can we access our creativity to figure out solutions? Um, So one of the projects I'm working on right now is looking at vernal pools. So you've got these areas that are ponds that fill up with water during some parts of the year. And then when in the hot summer months dry down Um, because they dry down, you don't have fish in the ponds. And that's really great for animals like salamanders and frogs um, because fish are giant predators and they just decimate those populations if they're if they're there but because the pools disappear they're really hard to document and protect the project i'm working on looks at hey how can we get people to be interested in vernal pools besides you know taking somebody out to them how can we get in touch with a group that you know, might not necessarily attend a science lecture or something like that. Um, So I'm working with the dance department and the landscape architecture department to put on an exhibit at the Philadelphia Flower Show. Flower Show is huge. You have a large cross-section. I mean, it's international. You've got a large cross-section of people that come to it. And if you come to our exhibit... You are going to see dance that is representing the different phases of vernal pools, the wet phase, the flowering phase, the dry phase. And you're going to learn something about their their conservation. So you get to reach people that might otherwise not know about this um, topic. And you'll also draw in people you know, if they're just walking by the exhibit and they, you know, see some movement happening, they're sure. going to be drawn to that. So when when is that taking place? That is going to be at the 2018 Philadelphia Flower Show, March 3rd through the 11th. And guys, when she says it's huge and international, she's not kidding. It, it's a very popular uh, Philadelphia show that takes place. And it is big. And it is huge. And you guys should go and stop by and check it out. Because they will be performing every day. 
Yes, we're going to be performing every day. We will have a schedule out. We're currently, you know, working with students and, you know, they guess they have to be in class and <laughs> can't be at the flower why. show all the time. Um, but we missing out. We will manage to have a couple of different casts so we can have have coverage. But, you know, it's it's been shown. And this is why I love social science um, research. The way that people make decisions, yes, some of it is very rational. You've got your theory of planned behavior. You're looking at X, Y, and Z, and none of them are emotions. But things like that only tell you about half. You know, so if you got a model, the model is only going to predict like 46% if you don't include emotions. And so the performing arts are something that can really tap into the emotional part of people's decision making. Um, and I think that's something that my job is looking to do. They're looking to, ha- to help people make decisions, help people make sustainable decisions. And part of that can be done through the performing arts. So would you say that sixth grade you is living the dream she wanted? Sixth grade me is close. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I definitely in the sixth grade, I did not conceive of the science dance combination that I'm doing now. That definitely came later. And I feel like there were... a multiple parts of of that like so when i did peace corps in in samoa i was part of a dance troupe there and a lot of the dances in the pacific islands tell they tell stories they tell stories about the amazing natural beauty that that is around them um, and so I feel like that experience kind of planted is one little one of the seeds that sprouted later, like, hey, you know, we can use dance to connect with mm-hmm. nature. We can use dance to look at that. Yeah. So I don't know that si- sixth grade me definitely didn't conceive of it. And we had to take a very roundabout circuitous path to get here. But I definitely like where I am now, Mm -hmm. though it's where I am now is not my like ultimate dream. Dare I ask? So what I would love and this is, you know, this is the long term. I would love to have an institute that brings together scientists and artists to really be in conversation with each other and collaborate and produce these transdisciplinary works that are like amazing performing arts pieces, but also have an amazing amount of depth in, in the sciences as well. Um, So I've, I've got a vision. We're going to, you know, have a farm that, so we can, I'd, I'd really like it to be to be sustainable. So sustainably grown. Sounds right up your alley. E- exactly. Exactly. Be good stewards of the land. Try to 
source most of the food that we're having at our beautiful facilities. Can you guys picture it? I, I can picture this and I can see you doing this. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd love to have, you know, some small, tiny houses around um, for artists uh, and um, scientists to, to come so you can be in your own space and work, but also you'll have this collaborative time, um, also dorms, so we can do workshops with a wider array of students. It's going to be lovely. Rain gardens and green roofs and yeah. So that's like, that's my, yeah, but, hey, my ultimate. You have a goal. You have, you have a dream. You have a, a place to go and you're, you're on your way there. I mean, look at you. You're doing stuff that's building towards that, which is awesome. And you have a support system who supports you in what you're who doing. Who absolutely rocks. Yes. And you're definitely a huge part of it. <laughs> well, let me ask you, as someone who had a dream in the sixth grade, is living most of the dream right now, has gone through the ups and the downs, and is still dreaming big, what would you say someone has to do today if they were if they had a dream what should they do work <laughs> um so i feel like trying to find clarity in what it is that you you want to do um then once you figure that out putting that out there in the universe um so talking about it um talking to people that either do that thing or do parts of that thing, um, getting involved in spaces that what your, whatever your dream is, is happening, or you think that's where it should happen. Um, yeah, just sort of like putting yourself, putting yourself out there. You guys heard her. Put yourself out there. Define your dream and go for it. Pretty much. Yep. Well, McCray, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your dream chase and your story and, you know, all the best in what you're doing. Thank you, Amy. And guys, that was Jamie McCray. You guys can learn more about McCray and find all the links we mentioned today at amyj21.com slash episode 130. That's episode 130. I didn't say it before and I should have. This episode is sponsored by the Patreon campaign supporters. Thanks to all of you for supporting my mission to inspire, equip, and empower people to chase their dreams. You can find all of our supporters over at amyj21.com slash supporters. And if you would like to learn more about the campaign and how you can help our mission and our goal to keep inspiring others to chase their dreams, or if you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com slash Patreon. Every little bit helps. All right, guys. Till next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.